Welcome to Beyond the Shoots is presented by Parasite Systems. I'm your host, Doug Simcox, and I hope that you're having a great day, staying safe, and enjoying your preparations for the upcoming holidays. Today I'm recording in Taylorsville, Kentucky, and with us today on the phone is Miss Dana Gann, a pro rodeo secretary and owner of the Bar V Rodeo Company. Now we're going to be asking Dana about her childhood, growing up, finding rodeo or high school rodeo and pro rodeo careers, and this is going to be a rare look behind the scenes. If you've seen Wizard of Oz, it's like that when they pull the curtain back. She makes it all happen behind the scenes. She pulls all the levers and makes all the gears go round and round. Dana, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It I is, appreciate it. It is a blast. You know, when we started talking about doing this show, of course, a lot of the impetus of the show is out of the Northeast, New York, and that sort of thing. And one of my favorite pictures that's hanging on the wall is a picture that was taken in Benton, Pennsylvania in 2010. You and I and the announcer stand. It's it's one of my favorite pictures, as I just said. I, I yes, sir. I love those days. Wish you were still there. I haven't been in a couple of years to Benton, but I wish we were doing it again. Absolutely, that was always a blast. And in a in a bit, and a little bit later in the show, we're going to talk a little bit about some of those experiences in the booth. Probably you probably got a lot to share. But I want to tell our listeners what a great help you were as we went through those shoot, uh, those shows. It is always so much going on. And like I said, you pull a lot of levers, turn a lot of gears, and make it run super smoothly. Let's start kind of at the beginning, if that's all right, Dana. Let's talk okay. about growing up in Arkansas. Where in Arkansas? What was your childhood like? Well, I was born in Arkansas. Uh, my sister and I, Vanessa, we're Army brats, so we were raised in various different places, Albuquerque, New Mexico, Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, mainly in uh, Nolanville, Texas. My dad was stationed at Fort Hood, so we were there a lot. So I was raised a little bit of everywhere. When my dad was deployed, we would always come back home to Arkansas, where my mother's family was and my dad's family. We would always come back home. Uh, for his long deployments. Um, I actually lost him uh, during the Vietnam conflict uh, in 1969, and my mom had a had the task of raising my sister and I alone. Oh, so, wow. Okay. Uh, sister Vanessa, just you and Vanessa? Just Vanessa and I, yes, sir. And you were on a farm at that point when your mom said, "Let's let's get on with this? Yes, sir. We were actually, we, we, um, we had a house in Little Rock is where, you know, like when I was born, that's where we lived. And then, um, we had that the whole time, but after my dad got killed, we actually moved back to my mother's farm in Cabot, Arkansas, where she was raised. Okay. My mother bought five acres of it and we went back there. Okay. Well, first, let me say this. Thank you for your father's service in the military. And yes, sir. And sorry for that loss. It, uh, you were nine years old at the time, if my calcs are right. Yes, sir. Oh, wow. Yes, sir. Wow. And, and so Cabot, Arkansas, pulling everything back together. Your mother, a single mother at this point, a widow, um, and, and saying, no, we're going to get on with this. We are going to keep rodeoing. And tell a little bit about that. 
Well, I can never remember a time in Vanessa and I's life when, which she's three years older than I am, so, okay. but I can never remember a time in our life where we horses were not involved and they went wherever we went. Uh, we always, no matter where we were living at the time, my mom and dad made sure we had pastures for our horses. Uh, I can remember rodeoing in Belton, Texas, um, just anywhere we were. We always had our horses, and that was important to my mother once my dad was killed that we continued on being able to live our life with these horses, and we horse-showed as kids, um, then, you know, which led into rodeoing as Vanessa and I got older, and, you know, my mother was raised in it. We were raised in it, so it was just kind of natural for, okay. you know, all of my family, you know, cousins, everybody, we were always involved with horses. Yeah. Okay. So horse shows as kids, so barrels, poles, that sort of thing. Yes, sir. Uh, all of that. Went to the National High Call Finals in the pole bending. Okay. Branched out to riding bulls and bareback horses. Now, wait a minute. Did my mother in. Wait a minute. Back up. Back up. So high school barrel racer, pole bender, got that. But then you said something about riding bareback broncs and bulls. Actually, yes, sir, I did. How, so explain that just a little bit for our listeners. Well, uh, Arkansas had an all-girls rodeo that was very prominent back in the day. And it was just every girl at rodeo in Arkansas wanted to go to the all-girl rodeo. And I did that and rode bareback horses and rode bulls. My mom said she would never watch me. I actually have a picture of her in Hope, Arkansas, where I'm on a bareback horse, and she's in the bleachers behind. She is definitely watching with her hands up, hollering for me. So I know she did watch me. Yeah. But um, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was one of my, some of my stupid years. Okay. That I did that. And any injuries from that? Anything that stands out about Bronx or the Bulls that really caught your attention? No, I really, I'm just never, never hurt. Do I mean, you know, you got sore and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you had bruises. Lord, we had, you know, I've had to have my shins scraped from hitting barrels and the, <laughs> you know, all of that stuff that us girls that are anybody that rodeos has the normal little injuries that come along with what we do. Sure. Sure. And, and you qualified for the national high school finals rodeo four years in the pole bending. No, sir. No. I only qualified my senior year. Oh, your senior year. Okay. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. And yeah. what what do you remember about that experience? First off, where did you go? Was it in Wyoming, the final? No, sir. No. <laughs> so, we were in Sulphur Springs, Louisiana. Okay. I actually didn't get to go very far from home. Okay. Uh, you know, it was very warm. Yeah. You know, the alligators, the <laughs> all that. But we were in Sulphur Springs, Louisiana okay. in 1976. Oh, wow. The National High School Finals. Okay. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. And and along about that time, if I'm not mistaken, you met Orville and Faye Donaldson. Yes, sir. Tell us a little I bit did. about Orville and Faye. Oh, my gosh. Orville and Faye um, are some of the, I mean, they are historic to the sport of rodeo. Anybody that lives in southeastern Oklahoma knows who the Donaldsons are, Ringo, Oklahoma. But they owned the 44 Bar Rodeo Company, and I was actually secretary in rodeos for the uh, GBRH Rodeo Company, which was Gannon Howard mm. here. And Faye had asked me to 
uh, come and do some rodeos for her. And my first rodeo was that I secretaried for them was an IPRE rodeo in Idabel, Oklahoma. Okay. And I have never had such a rude awakening in my entire life. Okay. As to yep. What what yeah, what stands out? Kiamichi Mountains. <laughs> to do what? I said the Kiamichi Mountains of okay. Oklahoma. Okay. Okay. So when we say young age, how old were you when you did that, Dana? Oh, I'm gonna think. Oh Lord. Um, <laughs> I probably 1920. Okay. And you had a bit of experience from G Bar H prior to that? Yes, sir. And so yes, when did sir. you start with G Bar H? Oh, probably 1977. Okay. I want to say. So 17, 18 years old? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. And and so they took you under your wing. They taught you how to do it. They gave you the, here's a rodeo secretary instruction manual, everything you yep. need to know. Well, actually, a girl here in Arkansas, Rhonda Mitchell, uh, she's secretary. She was the secretary for the Arkansas Rodeo Association. She actually, I went to her house one night and she showed me everything I needed to know. Oh, wow. Spent time with me, helped me out. And I was on my own from then, there. And it was a lot different then than it is now. <laughs> a whole lot different. So The so, call-ins were. Whoop. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for our listeners, the call-ins, and we'll get into this a little bit later but but back then there was no computers there were no computers there there they had a phone number they gave you a time of the day that the books would open and they were going to call directly in and speak to you they would call in say if if the rodeo was friday saturday usually monday night say from six to ten we would have a call in and they would call, and back then it was a first come, first serve. So the people was really on the phone, dialing, you know, that hundred dials to get into you because they wanted to be some of your first phone calls. So they would get their preferences to Friday or Saturday, and it was a, uh, it was something. Also, and where I lived, we had a party line. So on Monday morning, you know, you had to call everybody on your party line and say, "Hey, look, tonight the phones are really going to be tied up. I'm sorry." And, you know, which luckily my, the three neighbors took that very well. They did okay <laughs> with that. Well. And for our yeah. listeners, uh, describe what a party line is. Well, back then, you it was a party line, and there was four families on one line. And you had a different ring in each house that knew, you know, when the phone rang, if it was a one quick ring, you knew it was yours, two quick, whatever the ring was you knew it was that they're calling me and it was a, that was called a party line and that I'm that old. <laughs> yeah. And when you pick up the phone, my memory was when you pick up the phone, there might be somebody on there already talking. Yes, sir. Like if you <laughs> went to use the phone, you could pick it up and somebody's conversation was going on and we had a neighbor, Miss Bailey, bless her little heart. And sometimes she would have to say, Miss Bailey, I know you're listening to me. Yeah. And you could hear the phone click up, you know, hang up. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Different meaning for a party line, different meaning back then than maybe today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and yes, sir. what's been great is um, we talked to Dale Yerrigan, we talked to Mike Swearingen, and all of them talk about traveling up and down the road before before there were computers and you had to call in and they would stop at a truck stop and they would start dialing on the pay phones and they're calling you to get entered in a rodeo. 
Yes, sir. <laughs> and oh yeah, it was something. And you know, I, I Dale and I've had this conversation before, but you would get the, you know, you would get all those phone calls and say, say in the steer wrestling, let's use Dale in the steer wrestling. Uh, they say like, I don't know. <laughs> Other steer wrestlers would gripe because Dale Jurgen, he always gets what he wants. Well, <laughs> out of the first 10 phone calls, seven of them were probably out of Dale's truck. Right, right. Everybody, if you, if you went down the road with Dale, you went someplace and called in. Everybody and family and everybody called in. So they took care of their business and they called in. And so a lot of times, yeah, Dale got his preferences because mm -hmm. for his, you know, and which we still had rules then about how many you could take per okay. phone call and how many you could take per event. And we had guidelines then. Some secretaries went by and some didn't. And, you know, you were, that's just the way it was. But yeah. it was a nightmare. And then, say, the books closed at 10 o'clock and at 11 and midnight, your phone was still ringing because people didn't abide by that. And now I'm like, I missed the books. Can I still get in? And, it was a nightmare. Thank <laughs> God Central Entry finally came into play. Yeah, yeah. And that's not been really that long ago, has it? What, last 10, 15 years? Oh, no. no. It's, surely it's been longer than that. Is it? Uh, is it? Are you sure? Yeah, okay. yeah. Rodeo Sports Network originally started taking the IPRA's uh, entries, and they were, it was quite, I think it was, yeah, it was way more than 10 or 15 okay. years ago because, okay. yeah. It was probably closer to 20 years ago. <laughs> okay. Thank God. In fact, when they finally, when they did, I told Rob, my son, because mm -hmm. we had the, we had a radio company. I said, I will never take another call in. I'm just telling you right now that if you do rodeos <laughs> yeah. that are not that are not using the central entry system, yeah. you will be taking the call in. I will not take them. Yeah. So. And yeah. and if I were to call you at 11 o'clock when the books close at 10. Okay. Might I get on a list that I shouldn't be on? No, not usually. And <laughs> no, to be I mean... honest with you, <laughs> yeah, you know, it, 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 and that's the sad part yeah. is nowadays you're going to take, you're going to take horse riders, whether, you know, whether that be the bareback yeah. riding or the, the sidewalk riding, you're taking them up till the time the rodeo starts. Right. But back then we had plenty, mm -hmm. we had enough to fill an event and, to have a good performance and stuff. So no, usually we, I, and to, to be honest with you back then, it wasn't, we weren't attached to our phones like we are now. So I'm liable to unplug the phone, oh, Okay. you know, okay. right after or something like that, but it would be the next day and the next day and the next day they're still calling. Yeah. Saying, oh, I miss the books. Please yeah. do me a favor. Yeah. Or I need to trade out or something like that. Okay. Yes. And really, you know, back then, Doug, people mm -hmm. didn't really know what trades were. I mean, okay. they didn't know that you could do that. Okay. And now that's a common, you know, practice. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you for that. And you mentioned Rob, your son. Tell us a little bit about Rob. Oh, Rob, he is just had a birthday last week uh -huh. and makes me feel really old. He turned 44, <laughs> but oh. he, that's all he's ever known is rodeo. I mean, was you know, driving out cattle when he was very small. Mm -hmm. uh, Scott Burris talks to me all the time about that little boy that shagged bulls. Mm -hmm. But he, uh, he, in fact, he started furnishing calves for Orville. Oh. Well, really, it was Chalk. Rob told Chalk one day that his calves were sucked or something like that. And Chalk says, well, if you can put a set of calves together, I'll lease them from you. And yeah. 
by doggies, that's what he did. Oh, and, okay. you know, he had to haul him up and down the road as his mother. But yeah. he put a set of calves together. But he was picking up. Okay. Oh, for them when he was young. And now he is, um, you know, he has been selected to fight bulls at the IFR several times. Mm-hmm. He just uh, finished the Prairie Circuit Finals and the PRCA. Oh. Is a funny man. I am super proud of him, yeah. of what he's done, what he's accomplished, and where he's going. And he has two of the most beautiful little girls you've ever seen. Okay, absolutely. No, I've been following him. Absolutely. Barrelman at the IFR, bullfighters, and now the Prairie yes. Circuit. Very, very cool. Um, yes, you, you used the term he was doing picking He was picking up. Yes, sir. Uh, can you describe a little bit what that is? Some of our rodeo listeners or some of our listeners are just learning some of these details. Gotcha. Well, the pickup man is the safety man for the bareback riders and the bronc riders and they go in when the when the rides complete they go in and get the guy off the horse or if when the wreck happens they're the ones that rope the horse get the horse stopped you know do all of that but they're also the the guy that's out there watching every calf run and helping and you know, helping get that barrel horse in when the barrel horse won't come up the alley and uh, stuff. But they're just, uh, and then he learned from, you know, was, he started picking up with Ben Jordan and then Benny Jordan oh, and wow. Chuck Donaldson and Benny Wayne Donaldson. And they all taught him and taught him very well. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when he first went up to Sam's, that's one of the things he did for Sam. And Sam's like, Dana, this guy needs to be picking up. Mm-hmm. I said, well, you know, that's not what he's really interested <laughs> in, but yeah. he is a very good, he is a very good horseman. Okay. And that's one of the things that he did about fighting bulls. He fought bulls so well because he had bull savvy. He was just smart. And that's the way he is about was picking up. He has a lot of horse savvy. But the pickup man is, oh, they're the two most underrated guys out there. And, the you know, the horses and the everything it takes for them to get down the road is just, you know. Absolutely. They're so underrated. Absolutely. No, I agree with that. And I like the term horse savvy. And, and you talked about you being raised with horses. Now, Rob was raised all the way through with horses. Grand, grandchildren are being raised with horses as well. Yes, sir. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so Rob kind of breaks into rodeo stock con- the rodeo stock contracting business by saying you need a new set of calves. Right? Sure. Tells Chalk that. Chalk says go yeah. get them. Right. Yep. And yep. and that was kind of the beginning. And you guys hauled calves up and down the road. Rob is picking up at this point, hauling calves. You are doing secretarial duties. Yes, sir. OK. Yes, sir. OK. And then yes, then the 44 Bar Rodeo Company, um, mm-hmm. Orville and Faye Donaldson's company came available and you guys purchased that. Right. Well, at the time that we purchased it, Faye and Orville had actually, uh, Chalk and Kelly Donaldson, their mm-hmm. oldest son, had actually, he, him and Kelly were the owners of, of record at that point of, oh, okay. it, of the rodeo company. Okay. And Chalk just come to me one day and he said, Dana, I, he was very involved in the PBR at that time. It was just getting rolling. And he said, I'm really wanting to. I don't, you know, I'd like to sell and, you know, I would like to sell it to you and Rob. I want to give you all the first offer on it. Mm -hmm. 
So we had many, many discussions about it at the supper table and Mm -hmm. all that. And I think it was 2004, Doug, to be honest. Oh, wow. I think it was 2004 when we actually purchased the rodeo company from them. And that's a big investment and that's a big time investment because now now you got to promote that side of the business. Um, Yes. And you renamed it? The Bar V Rodeo Company? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. And tell us a little bit about those early years. And uh, for our listeners, what what came with the purchase? Not money. I don't care about the amount of money. But what came for the purchase, uh, with the purchase, I should say, some of the equipment and so forth? Right. Um, Well, I know we got, there was one, uh, a, a bull wagon or a pod or a cattle trailer, whatever you want. There was... I don't even remember the amount of horses, bucking horses, and the amount of bulls that came with it, mm-hmm. and uh, some and several of the contracts for okay. rodeos that he already had, you know, established, and uh, so that's what came with it. Okay, and when we talk about contracts, a lot of hard work. <laughs> a lot of hard work. I was going to say, and and. How many rodeos were you trying to do a year? And again, you're balancing this with everything else going on in your lives. Yes, sir. Uh, Lord, you know, Doug, I, I guess I should have done my homework a little bit better. Is <laughs> we did a lot. You did a lot. We did many rodeos a year, many. And I can't, you know, to be honest with you, I really can't tell you mm-hmm. how many rodeos we did. We did a lot. Um, we were heavily involved in the Arkansas Rodeo Association and the IPRA, so, I mean, we did a lot of rodeos, but I honestly couldn't tell you exactly how many okay. and, be, and be truthful with you, okay. I can't. <laughs> okay. Um, so how long, you still have the Barbie Rodeo Company? Yes, sir, we, we do. It got to the point where we were like, you know, I was making nothing because I was, you know, every once in a while I would go off and secretary for somebody else, but. I was, you know, Rob and I basically at our rodeos, I secretaried, mm-hmm. you know, my sister worked, Rob worked, everybody in our family worked. And when we got through, by the time we paid everybody, we were lucky to have anything. Yeah. And so, it, and then here in Arkansas, you know, down here, different than it is up there in the Northeast everybody has a rodeo company everybody's putting on rodeos there's a rodeo every week there's a rodeo every night and it got to where we couldn't stay competitive and they were bidding rodeos for what we paid our personnel oh wow and rob and i just decided you know we don't need practice at this we Mm -hmm. don't need to we can make more money if we go off and work for other people and it just kind of really slowed down we just slowed down here uh, I mean, yes, we still have bucking horses out in the pasture. Rob still leases them, but it is not our primary uh, okay. thing anymore. But we still have the rodeo company, yes, sir. And still got horses and, and livestock that you've got to take care of every day, right? Yes, sir. And, yes, sir. And when you say leasing them, that that's leasing them to other stock contractors. They yes, may call sir. up and yes, say, sir. bring me five Bronx. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Okay. Do you have bulls or just Bronx, just horses? Right we now? have, I think, right, into, I'm going to be honest on this, right now, yeah. to my knowledge, yeah. <laughs> which they're out here in front of a house right now, but we have one bucking bull oh, wow. that's on our cows. We have okay. beef cows, and he's on our 
cows and I know we have a, a couple of young bulls that Rob and I talked about here a little bit ago that we need to buck and see if they are if they're going to do anything and go on with their but it's just something that he's not interested in anymore and so we're no we don't we just have bulls that are covering cows right now okay okay and and your weeks right now your weekends I should say right now both you and Rob you're gone right you're, yes, you're off somewhere Right. And not just our weekends, mm-hmm. but, you know, here, what, two, three weeks ago, Rob and I were gone for two weeks. Okay. We went okay. and where we were, we were up in the Northeast and we, we went and did one. And then it, instead of driving all the way home and spend a, get a, spend one day home and then go back, we stayed up in the Northeast. Okay. Uh, and, and for our listeners, and we'll get into a little bit more detail of what the whole week looks like, but how many hours a week would you say? When it's busy, and this includes travel, this includes everything, um, how many hours a week would you say you are spending in rodeo? Oh, my goodness, on a because especially you know it's it's not like it was when we used to take the books because we would take the call in and you type up all your books and you'd make all your copies, you type your day sheets, you would get everything ready. Now we t- say uh, that. Let's just go with the rodeo I just did in Newberry, Florida. Mm-hmm. The you know it's, it was a PRCA rodeo, so that all I've been work. I worked a week on it almost before I ever got to the rodeo. Oh wow! Just okay. because Procom takes all the entries, then they send you all the information, and then you print everything, and then you have to go in and you build day sheets and you do all that. So you for a sec, and and then it, your job's not over. Right. Because you have the rodeo and then when it's over at an IPRA rodeo, you take all of those entries. You work the rodeo by hand, what I call by hand, mm-hmm. not in a computer mm-hmm. right yet. That's fixing to change. But you're working the rodeo. You pay it off. And then you have to send everybody that it was not there to pick up a check. You have to send that money out. So you have to get all that money fix you know get where it goes how it's going to go send it off and make sure everybody gets it so for a two-day rodeo i'm spending four or five days out of that week on that rodeo oh wow okay okay a lot of work goes into that rodeo a lot of work goes in so preparing day sheets so let me ask a question how far ahead do you schedule your rodeos right now do you know 2024 i know a big portion of 2024 yes sir okay and I've got a pretty full schedule for 2024 already. Okay. And I have phone calls every week asking me to come do, you know, can you do this or can you do that? And yes, the sir. rodeo stock contractor calls you typically? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. The rodeo stock contractor will, that's 95% of the time is who will call me. Uh, there's a few committees mm-hmm. that I work for, like no matter what stock contractor goes in, I'm going to get to work that rodeo because of my relationship with the committee. But the stock contractor calls me. We negotiate a price, and uh, either I will or I won't. And mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. negotiate whether a room is involved, whether it's not, mm-hmm. because I don't have a trailer or a, okay. you know, I travel in a in a Volkswagen Atlas and okay. and go. So whether they're furnishing me a place to stay or what well, we negotiate all that and that's how it got started okay. for that rodeo okay and then no doubt the contractor calls you and says hey i've got a four-week run 
Yes, sir. You come up, you get to hang out in one one territory, maybe one state, but we've got four rodeos in, you know, maybe a weekend or a weekday rodeo piled in there, but we can give you a good solid four week run, which means yes, you're not traveling crazy. That's got to have some influence on your decision making. It's got to have a big, it's a very <laughs> big decision, you know, which in the last, what, 13, 14 years, I've, I have spent three to four, to sometimes almost five months in Pennsylvania, New York, that area up there, oh, rodeoing wow. in the Northeast. Okay. Ever since 2010, yeah. there's been times that I would fly home, I would fly back for Shawnee, or I would fly home for this but there has been times when i would didn't see i would see rob maybe occasionally because we would actually get to work, work a rodeo together mm -hmm. but there would be times when i did not see my family for three four months oh my goodness okay okay yeah so so back to the week and we're going to talk a little bit about 2010 in here in just a moment when the when the decision was made to go full-time mm -hmm. so typical rodeo week you talked about day sheets and getting everything ready to go. Books are open. You don't have a big amount of work there, but based on the books and the entries, you pr you produce those day sheets you talked about. And the day sheets for our listeners, those are uh, by event, let's say the bareback bronc riding, and here are the cowboys or rodeo athletes are going to be competing in the bareback riding on a Friday night, on the Saturday night, on the Sunday night. Have I described uh, the day sheet yes, sir. Uh, correctly? Okay. Yes, sir, and they will be in the order of events so mm -hmm. that you as an announcer or funny man can take that and go and, you know. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Okay, so, so you travel in. We're going to get in some travel stories here in a bit. Uh, you you arrive at the rodeo, and what do you do when you get – when do you typically get a Friday night rodeo? It's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday night rodeo, all – all single sanction, let's say. And I know there's some complexity there where we may get into co-sanctions. We may get into like Benton where they actually run three individual events on that weekend. But at a typical rodeo, you show up Friday night show. When do you typically show up on the ground? Well, if I, if I have, if it's a distance that I feel like that, if anything happened mm -hmm. as far as me driving, I'll always get there the day before. Okay. And not necessary, you know, if it's a stock contractor that I've never worked for, I definitely want to get there the day before and get in and get what they expect, how they want this to roll. When do they sort? When do they want sort cards? You know, mm -hmm. how, you know, do we set pins? And I know all that is, I'm talking gibberish <laughs> right now to a lot of people, yeah. but it's all in what they want to, how they run their rodeo. Mm -hmm. But I will be, you know, say like if the rodeo starts at eight, I'm going to be at the on the grounds working no later than four o'clock. Four o'clock. No later. Four o'clock. Yes. If it's an eight o'clock rodeo, it. I mean, I'm going to give myself four to five hours on the grounds. They're working, having everything set up and working on it before I ever, uh, before the rodeo ever starts. Okay. I'm going to have, because I'm going to have to collect all of my cat, you know, at an, at an IPRA or an. APRA up there rodeo. I'm going to have to get all of my livestock, all of my saddle bronc, my bareback, my bulls, you know, the tie down cats. I got to get all of those numbers, collect mm -hmm. them all mm -hmm. at a, at a PRCA rodeo, the rough stocks drawn for me, mm -hmm. but I've got to get all of those cattle numbers, mm -hmm. you know, and get them sorted to know how I, so that I can start a draw 
And like I said, if, you know, we got, we've got 15 calves mm -hmm. for the tie down roping, but we're only running 10 during the performance. Do you want a pin? Or am I going to draw out 10? Mm -hmm. And this is the pin so you can sort them before we actually draw. Yep. All that stuff that okay. is just working with those stock contractors. Yeah. You know, like Sam, I didn't need to ask Sam every time what I was going to do because I knew exactly I could run Sam's, you know, because I knew exactly how Sam worked and what okay. he was going to do. And okay. And, stuff and, like that. and the draw for our listeners, <laughs> all livestock is drawn at random for the timed event cowboys, calf ropers, steer wrestlers, team ropers, uh, and all yes, the Bronx sir. and bulls are drawn at random. Uh, the stock yes, contractor, and we talked a little bit about this with Sam, he will set a pin. He'll say, here are the five Bronx I've got. Let's say you got four Bronx riders on an evening. Here's five or six Bronx that I want to put in the draw this evening, right? Yes, sir. And then he leaves, basically, because then yes. the judges come in, and they actually yes. literally draw out of a bucket. How do they do it? Yes, sir. And that's a, a thing where I know, like in the IPRA, you can set your pins. Mm -hmm. In the PRCA, you can set your pins. In the APRA up there, you cannot set your pins. You can feature up to half your herd, but you can't set your pins. Okay. So that's something that me as a secretary, I have to know the rules of what association I'm in, mm -hmm. which the stock contractor knows the rules of the association he is in. So you you actually have chips for those animals, uh, I poker chips, mm -hmm. and you build those poker chips to each animal. And when it comes time to draw in the timed events, you have to keep runs on the cattle even. Mm -hmm. So if the rodeo starts on Friday night and we're going to draw out, we have 15 calves. We're going to draw 10 calves out. Okay, so there's five calves sitting there that have not been run. Those five calves have to run before we can go back and run oh, any of I those pens. Okay, so you so have you have to keep your runs even on your cattle. Oh, okay, and it's a you know it can get into being a very in depth thing on these bigger rodeos, and um, but you cannot run one calf twice before you run one once, mm -hmm. or a bulldog and steer, team rope and steer. You can't do any of that so you have to keep all of that mm -hmm. i'm keeping up with all of that i was gonna say and making sure that those runs are even and stuff it is the judge's responsibility but the secretary is the one that's taking care of it at a prca rodeo the the prca judges have run sheets but i keep that run sheet in the ipra and the apra but the judge is always sitting there looking at it and knowing that yep she's got her runs even we're good mm -hmm. to go mm -hmm. So you, you, you're doing all the paperwork. Everything comes down to your record keeping with regard to has everything run the way it's supposed to run. We've got to, we've got to run all those 15 calves in your example before we yes, can sir. draw for the next to finish up maybe that round on Saturday night. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. And, and, and go ahead. it's the same way in the rough stock. I mean, if, you know, if, Bar 55 has been the re-ride on Saturday night. He can't be the re-ride uh, Sunday. So you ha the secretary still got up. You can't, that can't be the re-ride. We have to have a different re-ride. Or, you know, you also have to make sure that those runs are staying correct on those bucket stock too. Mm -hmm. And that they're, you know, that if something's not been bucked and it's in your herd, it has to be bucked before something else can be bucked. You bet. And stuff. So, so, so 
Um, in addition, four hours before the rodeo, you're doing all, you're setting pens, you're getting your draw, you're handing that stock contractor so he can go off and build his pens and get everything kind of organized. But then the cowboys, the cowgirls, the rodeo athletes show up with their money. Talk a little bit yes, about sir. take. Yeah. So what's that look like? Well, uh, we actually do still take money, money, uh, at the rodeos, but you, I have all my books laid out there and they come up and they start paying their entry fees. And, um, you know, some of them are entered in multiple events. Some of them are just one event, but they pay their entry fees Mm -hmm. and that entry fee entails what, uh, to me, an entry fee is actually what goes into the payoff. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you have a stock charge that you collect on top of that. And then you have a office type fee, which it's not really an office fee because I don't get it. Mm-hmm. But so much goes to the people that took the call-ins. I see. And, you know, like now in IPRA, that's next gen. They get so much. And then there's so much of that money that's a finals fee mm-hmm. that actually goes towards the finals that they pay. And you separate all that money out oh, before you pay it off. Okay. And then in addition to the entry fee, as we head towards the payoff, you also have added money. Yes, sir. Talk a little bit about that, where that comes from, how that fits into all this. Okay. Every, every rodeo is different, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, used to be really small added money rodeos. Now it's, you know, you don't have very many, a lot of rodeos that are very small anymore. Most of them are larger, you know, thousand or more added and stuff. But you, they, the committee puts a purse together that, that is an incentive to bring those contestants to their rodeo. Mm-hmm. So they add money and then they are responsible for that purse. If it's at a rodeo where I'm doing the payoff at the rodeo, the committee will bring me that money in cash. I see. And, uh, you know, so that I have that money because I have to have the money to pay people off. So so on the payoff, now, now that's going to be based on uh, how, how I might have finished in, when in the order, you know, where my, where I'm am in the standings. Let's say I'm number two in the, in the, in the money right? Yes, you're going to pay me cash or you're going to write me a check. What, what typically happens? Oh, at my at typical APRA, IPRA rodeos, I'm going to pay you cash. Okay. If you paid me cash and they contestants nowadays mm-hmm. do have the option of paying their fees online. Mm. And, but I still at that rodeo, I'm going to pay them in cash if they're there to collect their money. If okay. they're not, I'm going to send them a check. Or a money order, basic, you know, yeah. all depends on where I'm at. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna mail them their money later in either a check or a money order form. Okay, and and with with all the technology and everything is coming, we'll talk a little bit about that. Rodeo Logistics purchase the IPRA. We know all about the, or we're learning about the computer software there. Do you think you're going to get to a place where you won't handle cash? Oh Lord, I hope so. <laughs> I so hope so that that is coming. We still handle cash in the PRCA. Oh, you do? Uh, Yes, Mm -hmm. we still do there. Not as much as we do at any other rodeo because we don't have to pay off a PRCA rodeo. That's actually paid to the rodeo pay account from the office. We don't pay it off. Any cash that's collected there, I have to forward to, uh, to the, you know, PRCA. Okay. But, 
yes, it, I hope and pray that we are coming to the point where they're paying their fees somehow or another online and they are collecting their winnings somehow or another online. Okay. Okay. Um, and in addition to paying off there at the road, there, you got Cowboys, Cowgirls that competed Friday and you don't know who won the rodeo till close of business on Sunday. What do you typically do with, with, the, with their winnings? Well, you, some of them, if they will tell me, mm-hmm. Hey, and up there, it's really prominent. The Canadians come down and it's very hard to get them their money back. The Canadians may say, Hey, hold on to my money until I see you the next time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I've held on to some of their money till I saw them at the IFR. And they knew that when they got to the IFR, they were going to have that cash to spend, you know, there. But typically, sometimes they will have somebody that's at the rodeo on Saturday night pick them up, but they have to tell me that. Just because Doug can't come to me and say, hey, I'm here to pick up Sam's money. If yeah. Sam didn't tell me Doug's picking it up, I'm not going to give it to Doug. I see. But um, I get I get home and I send them a check. Or okay. I up there, I have to send out money orders. The, the United States Postal Service has my picture on file. They know I'm putting <laughs> that money in and I'm, and I'm buying money orders. Okay. And they w- I send them out their money. Okay. Okay. And it's very important to me. I try to get it out Monday morning. I am getting their money to them as fast as I can possibly get it to them. Okay. Okay. Perfect. And then in addition to sending the competitors that weren't there to pick up the money at the end of the the final show, you're also writing other checks, sending in association fees and all the other things that you've collected through the weekend. Yes, sir. Okay. I am I am sending the whatever association I am with. I am sending them their sanction fees, their finals fees, their uh, their um, the whoever took the entry fees. I'm sending all of that in to them with the results. Mm-hmm. And uh, most all of us now are to the point where within 24 hours of the last performance of the rodeo, we are somehow or another getting that association their results, whether oh, wow. it be a scan. I scan everything and send to them, but somehow or another, we are getting those, those associations, those results Mm -hmm. so that they have them. And then whether we have to put it in the mail, uh, if I send anything, I send it priority mail, but somehow or another, you know, we're getting them those results. Okay. And what I've noticed when we work together on the final show, the evening of the final show, once the bareback riding is done and known, you already start maybe filling out your payout sheet. I, when an event's over, I'm paying it off. Yep. And yep. that's something that I know a lot of secretaries will not pay off the rodeo until the complete rodeo mm-hmm. is finished. That's not me. When they buck that last horse, start heading to the announcer stand because I want to get rid of the bareback riding. I see. So I am the type of secretary that I am, you know, and we do have a payoff system in the computer that Lee Woodside built for us years ago. And I absolutely dearly love it, Mm -hmm. but I have it, you know, I have everybody in there and then say up there in that country, if Tim Ken's the last one and oh he plays Terry Campbell, then I just type Tim Ken out and Mm -hmm. it takes that last guy out. And I hit the button, bam, I'm ready to pay off the bareback ride. You're ready to calculate. As soon as I know everybody that's paid, Mm -hmm. I figure my payoff right then. I, and I'm not that secretary that does that in advance. Oh, this rodeo says we have got 60 teams. I'm going to figure the team roping. Mm -hmm. And then 
you know, you have three no-shows and you have to go back and refigure oh. it. I do not figure a payoff until I know exactly how many paid entries I had in there. Okay. But each secretary does that different, and that's great. Okay. You do yours, I'll do me. and For sure. We, <laughs> For we sure. get it all figured out. But, yes, Doug, I am. When it's over, I'm ready. You okay. know, and as you as an announcer, I should be able to tell you so and so won the bareback ride, and yep. or yep. you know, he's yep. the winner of the bareback ride. You bet, you bet, you bet. I'm re- I remember those days and really, really, really appreciated all that. So, um, it sounds like you got to be a CPA to do quite a bit of this work, you got to be an accountant, right? Well, you know, I. I, I'm not. I'm very good at math. <laughs> yeah, I, I can add. You yeah. know, two plus two is four. And, yeah. You know, this Common Core about threw me off for a few years ago because I couldn't help my granddaughters with math, and yeah. I'm like, you know, two and two is four. I don't <laughs> care how you. What are you? Are you? Yeah. But I do know math, and I am good at math. But it just takes common sense. You know, I have guys all the time that call me, and they have this girl. She wants to start. He wants her to start secretary in a rodeo. Mm-hmm. She's secret. She she works at the bank. She'll be really good at it. Mm-hmm. Well, no, she's not going to be good at it because she doesn't know rodeo. Right. But <laughs> it's uh, yes, you have to be good at math, but you have to have common sense. Okay. Okay. Period. Okay. And uh, probably some people skills. I'm guessing. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> so before yes, we sir. get into the people skills of things, uh, talk a little bit about. Uh, books always balance when you're done oh that mine do or it drives me nuts i, I remember think. the first radio i'll come up there and did with sam i i don't pay off to the nearest do- i pay off to the nearest dollar okay. so if it's below 50 cents i go that way and if it's over i pay off up so usually my rodeos are about three dollars either short or three dollars over okay it all depends okay well if they're ten dollars short or ten dollars over it drives me insane until i figure out where did i make that mistake yeah where is it i balance and balance and balance and i keep going and back i remember the first time sam came in there he says what are you doing i'm like i'm you know i'm off like two dollars or something he said dan i'll give you the two dollars i'm like no (laughs) that's not the point i yeah i've got to figure out where did i did i put somebody's sense wrong or yeah something like that it drives me nuts if i don't balance i have to balance yeah yeah. yeah. Well, that's cool. That's cool. And and no big, no big times when we had, oh, we have a problem. Nothing? Oh, yes. Okay. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> Lord. Yeah. I've been doing this for what? 40 something years? Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. There are times when you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, you know, you'll have to, you know, you call somebody that's in the, or you put it all down and you walk away from it yeah. and you just walk away and you go, you know, feed or you do whatever and then you come back in and you sit down and it's a whole different you look at it totally different but oh lord yes there has been times when <laughs> it has been oh yeah <laughs> this past this past year yeah. and even me still day i paid yeah. the i paid the team roping at uh cow camp at McBain, michigan which is mm-hmm. one of my favorite rodeos mm-hmm. of all time mm-hmm. i paid the team roping off wrong well oh, i wow. can't balance and then i figure out oh my gosh I paid the team roping off wrong. So immediately I'm calling Booger and all them guys and saying, guys, I paid it off. You know, I put a thousand dollars too much in it because I just put 2,000 instead of a thousand aside and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But, oh yeah, I make mistakes. And so if got- I, anybody tells you they don't mistakes, they are lying <laughs> to you. <laughs> I make mistakes. And you know, that guy that comes up and, you know, you have them and 
and I know I'm not stupid, <laughs> but they there's guys that are really scared to come on the announcer stand and question the payoff with me. Yeah. Don't ever don't <laughs> do that. If you think yeah. that there is something wrong with that payoff, yeah. please, please walk to the announcer stand and say, <laughs> Hey Dan, let's recheck this because yeah. I will never ever get mad at you. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. I will say okay i'm right but thank you yeah. thank you for yeah. questioning it before you got home absolutely or something like that yeah but, you know because if you yeah. make a and mistake then there's those guys that come up and say hey dan i think the pal's wrong and you know it's wrong because yeah. you know they know yeah 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 <laughs> you know they know well, well thank goodness they're still on the grounds when that happens right so yes. you're not trying to claw yes. this money back Yes, yes, yes. I'm and, still trying to collect money from McBain. So. <laughs> yeah. And and one other thing I want to throw in, you know, in my example, you had a Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night show, right? Uh, but typically you got slack in there, at least one round of slack, right? And yes, And for our listeners, describe what slack is, when that might actually run. Um, so you're, you're, I'm just showing how much of your time is devoted to rodeo over that weekend. Yes, sir. Slack is when you have more contestants than it takes to put on a performance. Mm -hmm. You never want to bore the people that are sitting up there watching a rodeo with too much rodeo. You want to make it entertaining and them to see everything, but you don't want them sitting there watching 40 barrel racers mm -hmm. or, you know. 60 teams you don't want them doing that so everything that's over say 10 12 a performance is called slack mm -hmm. some slacks are designated which means if we have more than we need at this rodeo we're going to have slack on thursday night before the rodeo starts on friday or we're going to have it friday morning or saturday morning that's designated if not your slack runs after your performances mm -hmm. Most stock contractors will, when they set their rodeo up, will set it up to not have slack on the very last performance. Yeah, yeah. So they can, you can have slack any other performance, but no slack on Sunday night. I see. Or Saturday night, wherever your rodeo ends. Yeah. So, you know, and it all depends on how that rodeo is set up. Mm -hmm. If sometimes if you have, you know, a fair or something going on afterwards where they don't want the people staying up there watching. They want them on the, mm -hmm. on the midway or they want them at the dance, you know, buying beer or they want them someplace spending money. They have a designated slack where we have it in the morning or something like that. Okay. And Most our contractors don't want to do that because that's another paid performance for their personnel. Oh, so. okay. Yeah. So they'll just yeah. extend, let's say it's a Friday, Friday night, they said, we're going to run slack after the first performance. So 11 o'clock, be here. We're going to run the overflow. Yes, sir. And it might run till 1 o'clock in the morning. Yes, sir. There have been times at Attica, New York, where I barely laid down just enough to get it, it, it be a little bit more stupid because I got just a little bit of sleep and then right back at it again because Attica has day performances, and, you know, and stuff. But. There because there's so many Attica is a very big rodeo with lots of contestants. Everybody comes there. You know, the Canadians come down. Rob Rod has worked very hard to put a lot of added money at that rodeo. And so he does have a lot of contestants. But those slacks have been so big. I remember one year at Attica, 
um, I announced the slack there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I remember one morning I went over to, they have breakfast for us and they went over and I said, I would like, and which people think I talk funny up there anyhow. So, cause I am from the South. <laughs> right. But that guy, the guy, I told him what I wanted for breakfast. But then the guy looked at him and he said, Oh my God, it's you. And I looked at him and I'm like, Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Well, he said, I heard your voice all <laughs> night talking. During this he said, I wanted you to yeah. shut up so bad. Well, it was yeah. me announcing the slack. You bet. You bet. You bet. <laughs> yeah. And, and some of the complexities, you kind of alluded to this, you know, Benton, when we did Benton, they did a wonderful thing for the competitors. They actually broke it up into three separate individual rodeos. If my memory's correct, it was Thursday, Friday was a rodeo, right? Mm -hmm. And Saturday was its own standalone rodeo. And then Sunday night, they would have Bulls and Bronx and that sort of thing. Again, its own rodeo. So yes, you've sir. got slack for the Thursday, Friday crowd. Yes, you've sir. got slack for the Saturday night performance. Yes, and sir. you've got slack for the Sunday performance. Yes, sir. So lots of duties, lots of going. As you said, sometimes you're, you're up early. I mean, slack seemed to seem to me they'd kick off sure. around. 10. They might run a couple hours, right? Yes, sir. And then, then you step back and take a nap if any, with any luck and, and uh, get your books ready to go again for, for that evening's performance. Yes, sir. Perfect. Perfect. Um, yes. And, you know, that's a luxury that they have up there in the Northeast with the APRA. The APRA allows them to have back-to-back rodeos. Mm-hmm. The IPRA yeah. does not allow you to do that. And okay. it's, a, it's a protection for the stock contractors. Mm-hmm. If, if me as a contestant can go to Benton and stay all weekend, why would I leave Benton and go to another rodeo yep. 40 miles away? Yep. Even though they have the same added money, I can win the same much here. And the IPRA doesn't allow them to do that, to help them, them stock contractors mm-hmm. keep contestants. Okay. So that's a... A little thing there. Okay. Okay. And, and I don't know if that's still allowed, but I know there was a uh, co-sanction. There's a lot of co-shanks and stuff. We talked with there Dale Yerrigan. Okay. IPRA first, uh, um, APRA first, whatever it might be. Um, and those you talked about, you got to know the rules of each association. So if it's an APRA, IPRA rodeo co-sanction, you follow the rules of the first sanctioning body, right? That's exactly right. And you have to know which sanction it is because it's a different payoff. Mm-hmm. It's a different way they, uh, you know, how much you charge and all of your fees that you're charging. You know, they have separate deals. You have to know the rules for whatever association it is first that mm-hmm. you are secretary in that rodeo. Okay. Have okay. to. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you've described a wonderful weekend. I mean, it's a super busy weekend. And I bet if you sat down and tallied up your time, including on the site, right, when you're at the rodeo grounds, including your travel time in, your travel time to the next one, uh, it's it's a ton of hours you're putting into it. And um, you you can you typically feel or, or stay pretty well rested during the weekend when it's going that hard? Oh, it, it used to be easier. Mm-hmm. It's getting harder as I get older. Okay. Uh, and I, you know, I don't know. You know, Miss Wanda and I talked about it this weekend. Chris Carpenter and I talked about it. 
I love the rodeos and they, I mean, I can thrive right on through them. It's the drive that's about, I mean, sometimes those drives, you know, this past weekend, it was 13 hours down, 13 hours back, just driving. And it gets, you know, and especially on the way back when you're tired because you've had late nights and, you know, long day, it's get the roads getting a little hard, but yeah, there's some rodeos where you're so tired. You think, oh my gosh, I can't function and sometimes those mistakes that are made is when you're so tired you knew better but you didn't catch it because you were so tired yeah yeah and 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 for like those 13 hour runs that you just took to and fro are you doing those in a single drive or are you breaking that up and with an overnight i do i do them in a single drive oh my goodness you know if it's less than 20 i usually drive it Um, I have a track, you know, Sherry Sumner, my best friend that travels a lot with me, she does not like that. She wants to stop, but then you can't afford that for no more than we get paid. You can't afford to stop and get a room and do all that. If you had, you know, like my son, like Rob traveling with his whole rig, Mm -hmm. I mean, he can pull over at the, you know, at the rest area, get in the trailer, get some sleep and go on. I don't have that luxury. You know, there have been times when I stopped at a well-lit area right beside the front door of the love's truck stop and went to sleep for a little while. But um, it's hard for me traveling in a V in a car Mm -hmm. to do it. But yes, I usually drive it. Okay. Okay. And you're doing this full time. This is your job. That's um, what I do for a living. And yes, you went full-time, even though you've done it for 40 years, you went full-time in 2010. You made a decision. I'm going to, because you were working at the time, if I'm not mistaken, in a grocery store. Talk yes, sir. A, I was a manager of a grocery store. Okay. So talk about, talk about stepping out into the unknown. You're coming from a salary. You can depend on it every single week. Certainly you've got to, you've got to, you know, you've got to, um, put in the time and the hours to manage that grocery store and you work your rodeos on the weekend. Talk a little bit about making that decision. If you would pretty big, major decision. I mean, it it was hard because I did rodeo on the weekend and I still, I ran, you know, as a manager and you know, before that, I mean, I've, done a lot of jobs over the years but that's what I was doing at the time and I would you know still go work my rodeos and uh I mean it was hard and you know I had a my boss didn't like that I would leave you know sometimes on Thursday or some but I had already put in 60 hours at the store so you know I was going but um and uh there in 2010 for years for several years before Sam Swearingen mm-hmm. had at the IPAR every year, he'd say, Hey, Dana, come work for me. Come work for me. You can have my whole run. Come yeah. work for me. And I'm like, yeah. Sam, I can't do that. I can't leave my family. I had gone through a horrible divorce in 2006. Oh. And so it, but you know, anyway, well, all those years, Heather, my son's uh, wife had said, Hey, Danny, you should do it. You know, that's mm-hmm. what you're good at. You should do it. And I'm like, there's no way, Heather, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And, um, in 2010 we lost her and to an accident Mm -hmm. and i thought you know life's too short to not do what you really love doing and what you're good at and at her visitation for her funeral i when my boss came through i I gave him my two-week notice and i quit my job i did call when sam had called me several times through the process of us going through dealing with this 
and it said, you know, uh, you know, because we've been friends for a long time. I had gone up, flown up and done North Washington a couple of times okay. before this and okay. stuff, but he had, at, you know, and anyway, I said, Sam, is that job offer still open? He said, absolutely. Come on. So I quit my job at her visitation and my first rodeo to go up there full time and stay was Brookville. Brookville, I PA, think. certainly. Bro- yes. Brookville, PA. Mm-hmm. And I went up and, um, it stayed for, I don't even know. I went through that whole run, you know, with him. And um, it was scary. I worried about how I was going to eat and how I was going to pay my bills and stuff. But I had people here at home that supported me 100%. And mm-hmm. uh, I did. In fact, that first, those first few months after Heather. We lost Heather. Rob went up there and worked for Sam. He needed to get away from here. He needed okay. to go. Okay. And he went up there and worked for Sam. So, uh, anyway, it was a, it was a hard decision, but I did it, and I don't regret it. I love that I did it, and mm-hmm. you know, Sam's been very, very good to me. And uh, uh, there were some times I'd love to kill him, and you know, <laughs> sometimes yeah. it was just you know great but yes sir i did it i jumped off and went full-fledged yeah. and i had a lot of other stock contractors that hired me and keep yep. me going and i have those guys that i will go to hell with in a moment yeah. and work yeah. for and then those that i've worked for that i will never do that again <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah you know yeah so you sort through yeah. all that sort of thing oh yes yeah. sir yeah. you sort through them Well, I remember 2010, I was announcing uh, the Benton Rodeo, and I remember you came up, and how cool to have you in the booth with me. I mean, very calm, very quiet. What I remember most is you knew so much about these rodeo competitors. You know, a lot of these folks had come out of Oklahoma or the Carolinas or whatever it might be to compete up there. And just how neat it was to have you in the booth. He'd say, hey, Doug, just so you know, this person won, you know, won the third round at the IFR in January. Stuff like that. You bet. And just the calm that you brought to the announcer stand, I'm assuming still bring just from an announcer standpoint, having the day sheets in proper order and the draws and it it just made the job for me so much easier. And I just got to tell you how much I appreciate your help and how much I appreciate our friendship. Oh, well, I, yeah, yes, sir. I love, I remember working with you all those years and stuff. It was great. But, you know, Doug, mm. I don't know. When I very first started, I had a woman that tell me that in order to secretary a rodeo, you had to be a bitch. Mm-hmm. And that just hurt my soul. I thought, you know. No, you don't, because I remember going to those women that were that way to me as a contestant and and seeing that and thinking, oh, man, you know, people are scared of her and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So I never wanted to be that person. But I am very calm on the announcer stand, Mm -hmm. very calm. It is not rocket science. It is not life or death. It is these people are there. It is, they are trying to make a living just like I am, or most of ours at these rodeos are weekend warriors, and they're tr- doing what they love, and it needs to be right. Mm-hmm. So we need a calmness of, of staying that way to make sure that everything is right. And when you make a mistake, you say you make a mistake. If you miss a time, you say you miss a time, mm-hmm. and all like that. So it's all just 
calm yeah. to me. Yeah. But I do have that knowledge up there of these contestants. But mm -hmm. the reason I have that knowledge, Doug, and I think the reason I've done what I've done is those contestants matter to me. I love them. And when I tell, I mean, you can hear, if you sit up there with me right now, they'll come pay their fees or they'll come collect their winnings or they'll come up. And when they walk off and they, you know, I'll say, love you. And I mean that. Yeah. I don't say that because I mean that. Mm -hmm. I love these people. I, they are my family. Yep. And nobody, nobody outside of rodeo understands what family is until you've lost somebody mm -hmm. or something tragic has happened in your life. Yeah. And you will never, ever know family like family till that happens. Okay. okay. And that's what these people matter to me. Mm -hmm. They mean something to me. And. So, yes, I am that person. But it, it is important to me to help you as an announcer because you didn't come from down here and you weren't there for me to help you know that, yeah, so-and-so, you know, he, he won. He yeah. won the average yeah. by far. Yeah. He did it. And that's important to hear that. I mean, as you as a contestant and you're up there in the Northeast and you're from, you know, wherever, mm -hmm. and you hear the announcer say, hey, this is the, they won the average at the IFR. And you think, you know. That's nice to hear up here. <laughs> it's nice, nice to, hear. to hear. You bet. So, anyway. yeah. Or well, for me to correct a name. or And that's yeah. something with me. Yeah. You know, people call me Dana or Diana or <laughs> and stuff like that. And yeah. some people, it never bothers me. I'll never correct you. Yeah. But my name's Dana. Yeah. And that's important to me sure. when you're pronouncing a name. Right. I may, I may look over here very calmly and say... <laughs> This is their name yeah, or something because I thought, you know, yeah. it's important. Professional. So, anyway. It's professional and it matters yes, and it sir. shows respect, right? Yes, sir. So, yes, sir. So, and I don't ever mean to tell you that I are to say I'm going to, I'm putting words in your mouth or something yeah. like that. I'm just trying to help you as an announcer. For sure. And I were, I have worked with people that, you know, like, don't give the announcer the splits and the steer wrestling unless the announcer comes and asks him for the splits. Mm -hmm. Well, what the world? Yeah. We're all up there together. Absolutely. And if that announcer is lost, yep. the whole rodeo is lost. Yep. So let's help the announcer know that, you know, and I don't know if that your listeners may that too, but especially in the steer wrestling where everybody's riding the same horse, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, you have the, all these steer wrestlers and, five of them are riding the same horse. Well, you want to split them up. Mm -hmm. The first man always has to be first and you split them up. Well, then everybody has to be on the same page as we're yep. going through this performance. For sure. As to who's first, who's second, who's third. They loaded, you know, we made sure as when I gave the load list to the guys that are loading the cattle, I made sure the cattle were right in that order. But the announcer is the, probably the next person that needs to know this is where we're going. <laughs> well, and and so. a, and a lot of the times I was I did a lot of them back then, 2010 and so forth on horseback. So I'm sitting yes, down by the timed event shoot, and I they may say, "Oh, this is this is so and so is going to go," and I'd look over and go, "I don't think that's who it is," you know, on my on my day sheet because I might not have known the splits. Right. And you're out there kind of. On and I the, hope and pray to God yeah. that, Doug, I never left you hanging no, like that. No, no, never, 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 okay. never. No, if no, I no, did, no. Yeah. You know, you make sure you tell yeah. me. Yeah. But <laughs> yes, and they, it is. And, you know, especially that's when that's when people, two people really have to work together. And mm -hmm. I absolutely love it. Mm -hmm. Is that guy that is working a horseback? Mm -hmm. I usually I'm in your ear, yep. you know, yep. and yep. stuff. But Lord. You have to work together. Oh, you do. You have to make this a team effort. It's all about and, the show, uh, right? 
Yes, sir. It is about those people that their butts are sitting in them bleachers because they're the ones that are allowing us. They paid to get in that gate, which put the whole thing into motion. If we're not making a good show for them, that we have failed. We have totally failed Absolutely. in the rodeo world. That's that's exactly right. Well said. Um, and you talk about mispronouncing your name, Donna, Dana, Dana, whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Do you do you know the origin uh, origins of your name, Dana? No, Doug, I don't. Okay. My sister's name is Vanessa, mm-hmm. and I was Dana, and it is spelt D-A-N-N-A. Yeah. And my mother told us all the time that that's what our dad wanted to name us, but I have no earthly idea where it came from. Okay. None. Okay. Okay. All right. And it's just, I've always, you know, and it's Dana Ree, so I don't know where that comes from, but, you know, it, Vanessa and Dana were two very uncommon names okay. in our, gen- in, you know, in the 50s okay. is what I say, but yeah. I don't know where they came Dana Ree? Did I get that right? Dana Ree. Dana yes. Ree. How do you spell Ree? R E A. That's what I wrote down. Dana Ree. Okay. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I, there's nobody else in my family on either, you know, my mother's yeah. side or my dad's side that has that in their name. Okay. So, and so I don't know where Vanessa Karen or Dana Ree came from. I don't know. Okay. Okay. And I know this time of the year is typically slows down for you. I'm guessing, you know, as opposed to the, to the midsummer when you got all the fair rodeos, like you said, Brookville and all of that going on. Um, but you just, uh, you were in Florida this last week and a week ago you went up to the AFR columbiana yes, ohio sir. tell me that's a brand I, new arena oh garwood it is amazing mm-hmm. it is amazing facility mm-hmm. and this these people have worked so hard but yes uh it's the garwood arena there in columbiana ohio it is the one of the most beautiful facilities you will ever go to the cleanest you know we have some beautiful indoor arenas but oh my gosh you'll leave there sick and all like that but mm-hmm. this is the cleanest most oh i'm telling you mm-hmm. well ran they are all about trying to make everybody happy and and doing the right things and it is a beautiful but we had this is our second year to have the afr there okay and um it is you we will be there again next year i know they did sign a new contract while we were there Perfect. um whether i'm there or not i don't know but right. the afr will be there okay so okay and, and that's one of yeah and Go your ahead. son uh rob went up he was there he was the arena well, yes, director sir. right he was the arena director yes sir and um uh t- any job he does he takes very seriously so mm-hmm. um but he um was the arena director the last year he was the barrel man there mm-hmm. but he didn't work enough apra first rodeos this year to be eligible so okay. he didn't even get to be on the list oh, wow. to be turned in oh wow okay Okay. And then you've got some big events coming. When I say big events, big weekends, back to back in Guthrie, Oklahoma, come January. And big from big crowds, big contestants, and and more importantly, big money. So so on the 3rd through the 6th of January, you're at the Lazy Arena there in Guthrie for the World's Champions Rodeo Alliance. This is the the 2024 Triple Crown of Rodeo Series kicks off there. Uh, And it's what's it called? WCRA Stampede at the E, I believe it is. It's called the Stampede at the E. Yes, sir. 
And total and, prize money, do I have this right, at $400,000? Yes, sir. Oh, wow. Yes, sir. Oh, wow. It. Uh, I've been doing WCRA events for several, you know. I, I did not do the first one. I don't think I did the first two that they actually had as the WCRA. But ever since then, I have been doing them. They are absolutely phenomenal events to get to work they are very time consuming very hard we have our nose to the grindstone working eva chadwick and i secretary them together she is the lead secretary and then but um we which eva was the secretary of the year last year in the prca let me jump in there right quick but as she is one of my favorite people in the whole world but me and her secretary them together and it is a we have an awesome team with um uh Jolie Jordan and Kathy Myers, who is, mm-hmm. it, we have a team that goes in there and works them events and they are, yeah, but I will be at the Lazy E for almost three weeks. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah. they talk a little bit about the triple crown of rodeo for our listeners. What, what does that mean? Triple crown? Well, the triple crown means if you got right now, uh, you know, which it means that if you go win, if they have these huge events, a triple crown event that they call it, and if you win three of those those events, which are be triple crown, you're eligible to win a million dollars. R.C. Lanningham did it. He, you know, when you go win them, so you're, but no matter what, you're going and winning a lot of money. You know, we had... Uh, a lot of IPRA contestants at Rodeo Carolina that walked away from there with a lot of money. Okay. And so they're just, you nominate rodeos in order to get there. They have leaderboards from nominations and you qualify to get in there. And it's just, uh, you know, and I'll be honest with you exactly how all they qualified. That's not on my, I don't, my brain doesn't go sure. in and think sure. all that because I don't have to. I just know how we run the events when they get there. So, so how many contestants, and this is going to be three, four, five, six, so four days, right? And I'm guessing pretty busy days. How many, num- yep. what's the number of contestants are going to show oh. up in total, roughly? You're, yeah. Oh, Lord, I don't even know. <laughs> uh, it, they're, they're different every event as okay. to the number of qualifications. I'm, uh, you know, there'll be one day where we just want run the qualifying rounds mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. just for the people that are coming in there trying to qualify to jump over into the cripple crown, you know, the main event and stuff. So it's, you know, I don't know okay. exactly how many, Doug. Okay. Uh, big numbers though, right? I mean, big, very numbers. big numbers. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, and, sir. and just, and, and I don't, I've been following this a little bit, trying to understand I can, as a contestant, I'm not a member of the WCRA, right? But it, I, yes, can, sir. It is not a membership mm-hmm, organization. Mm-hmm. There are no memberships. So if I want to, my entry process or my qualification process may start um, a few months earlier where I may nominate before I go, let's say I'm going to uh, North Washington, Pennsylvania, let's say, I, and I can nominate that rodeo. So whatever I win at that rodeo goes towards my qualifications is what I'm understanding. And the nomination yes, costs me money, right? Yes, sir. But I know that those events, you know, it all depends on the size of the event. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are jackpots that you can nominate. Really? As long as it's open to the, 
you know, open to the world. Anybody can enter and stuff like that. Those nominations, you can nominate that event. Mm -hmm. So um, it all depends on the entry fee depends on how much is added at that rodeo. Mm -hmm. You know what the normal contestant, it all depends on they set, they have a tier level of entry fees or, or nomination fees for those events. Okay. And so, you know, some have went to just small events and paid very small nomination fees and then got to qualify. Okay. And then some have qualified at those big events. You know, some have qualified from the IFR last year. You know, they nominated those and stuff, and they, they had automatic qualifications because of their, you know, what they won there and what they paid there. So it all depends. It is a tier system of some sort that, that qualifies them in there. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, I know there were people at Rodeo Carolina that had very small, had paid very small amounts in order to get there okay so and and they will still as they come into into the lazy there in guthrie they're still going to pay an entry fee did i read it right about 250 dollars per event i'm going to pay to come okay. compete yes sir but okay. most of them have already paid that oh, they, they have, have to have it paid when they enter oh, that okay. event okay. yes sir okay and then yep. i want to back up fort worth Texas last year, Cowtown, is it the Cowtown Coliseum? Yes, sir. I believe. Is it the Cowtown Coliseum there in Fort, and on, yes, sir, at the it, Stockyards. At the Stockyards. Fort. Okay. R.C. Landingham wins yes, three of these big events, which makes him the first triple crown of rodeo, and to your point, paid a million dollars. Yes, sir. Okay, so he's the first triple crown of rodeo millionaire. You were there on site. You secretaried at that rodeo. What was that like to know you're going to ride or the money's moving for a million bucks? Right. For Eva and I, and the, I mean, we were like, the whole, everybody, everybody that, and I mean, you would sit there and think that those peoples were, you know, saying, oh, my gosh, I hope he bucks off, whatever. We won't have to pay a million. Mm -hmm. Everybody, every single person there wanted RC to to do it. I mean, they they had $100 bills, which they were all, you know, for movie purposes, was mm -hmm. raining out of the ceiling. Oh, okay. I have okay. mine still. <laughs> do you? And okay. The, oh, yes. <laughs> but it was a magical moment for rodeo, yeah. a magical yeah. moment that somebody – like, you know, which RC's very good, mm -hmm. but he actually did it. He won the million dollars and stuff. And it was like, you know, just like at Rodeo Carolina, everybody was ro rooting for Isaac Diaz. I mean, everybody wanted him to do it. That man is, his Christian faith, I mean, is just like amazing that how he handled the whole situation. But you want them guys. To do it us as but it was very exciting for eva and i mm -hmm. in the back we didn't get to actually write the check <laughs> you did for us to be, we're putting it all in the computer yeah. we're putting it there yes because everybody else we wrote checks for but that yeah. came from somehow or another came from uh the lazy i don't know 
from yeah. somewhere that was paid to him in a different way. The bank did not let us write a okay. million dollars. Okay. Okay. Well, but, as they say, well, we say we did. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to give you credit for it. I don't know why you told us you didn't just now. No, oh, no, no. That's just, Hey, no, I'm kidding. The truth is the truth. Uh, it is. It is. It is. But life changing money to your point. And I had heard that rodeo Carolina was very, 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 uh, a very, very good rodeo for a lot of IPRA cowboys. So that's exciting. It was very times. good. And, and, you know, that makes me, um, you know, there you have Eva as the secretary of the year in the PRCA. And there's me who has won the secretary of the year for s- several years now. Mm-hmm. We won't go back and do all that. But <laughs> it made me feel good that my people, my yeah. people were there, you know, the, and doing that kind of deal, which it's very important to me. And, you know, this was said out there. Mm-hmm. I'll, a lot of those world champions in the PRCA came from the IPRA. Absolutely. You know? Yes. Those they were IPRA world champions before they were PRCA world you champions bet. and stuff. So, you know, whatever. Let's all it's alphabet soup. We're all in the rodeo. We're all that's what we're about. We're we want to rodeo and we want to do good at it and we want to make a living at it. And you know, I have people ask me every day, why are you still going and doing them amateur rodeos? Mm-hmm. Well, they pay for my, they pay my bills. Mm-hmm. They are, and me, and this is very important to me, mm-hmm. my heart is the IPRA. Yeah. I love that my PRCA rodeos, I love my PRCA stock contractors. Mm-hmm. I dearly love working them. I'm, you know, I'm going to the NFR here in a few weeks to, yeah. to do all that stuff. I love them. Yeah. But my heart and soul is the IPRA and those people that it's, like that family thing where you go back. Yeah. It's just, you know, Kevin Daniels and I sat down here at, at uh, Newberry, Florida this weekend and we talked about, you know, Ke- there's Kevin, mm-hmm. one of those people that, mm-hmm. you know, he's, you know, he's been an IPRA world champion, but he is my people. He is, I love him dearly. And yep. Stephen was talking about it, how some of it, you're losing the family part of it. You know, people used to sit around and visit and talk and they're not anymore. They're too big of in a hurry to leave there and go to this rodeo and do that. And, stuff like that and it's sad but yeah yes you talk about proud i had very proud moments at rodeo carolina with those you know people yeah those you know little blaine houston from mcbain michigan Mm -hmm. rolls in there like he did he's just a kid he's Mm -hmm. 17 years old Mm -hmm. and he come in there and rode bareback horses held his own and you talking about his mother was no more proud of him than I was. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. that family is my family. I love them dearly. Yep. But I was so stinking proud of Blaine Houston that I could not, you know, yeah. Booger, you know, Brittany or Stephen Brittany, Booger Brittany comes in there and does what he does. And then all those boys that were just like, I'm like, yep, yeah, that's an IPRA boy right <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah. You know, that Maddie Helms on the junior part, you know, that's a, that's an IPRA girl right there. And, yep. Yeah. You know, Julie Plard, you know, it's just those people made me proud. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and with good reason, with good reason and always great to see him come out of the Midwest and the Northeast and, and the right. IPRA is represented. I got to tell you, I cringe every time I hear somebody say, oh, that's an amateur rodeo. Mm-hmm. I cringe. Yes. They do it all the time, but Amy's. Yeah, yeah. You know, the and, Amis. And yeah. I was taught a long time ago the difference between a professional and an amateur is amateurs don't get paid. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, they are speaking of pay, we're headed to the IFR and they've doubled the money this year, the prize money. 
uh, from okay. 250000 to half a million dollars. And that's yes, the sir. weekend after the um, the WCRA event there in Guthrie. Same arena. You're going to roll. You said you're going to be up there how many weeks? Three weeks? Almost three. Almost yeah, three. Almost three weeks. And you've got two huge bookend weekends. Between the two, yes. if my math is right, and I'm not as not as sharp as you are, but... 400,000 out of out of the WCR event, a half a million out of the IFR. Um, there's big money going to roll in Guthrie, Oklahoma. Yes, sir, there is. Yes, sir, there is. <laughs> I mean, I'm super proud of the growth of the yeah. IPRA with, you know, that, and I know a lot of that came with the sale. I'm super proud mm-hmm. of what our payoffs are going to be this year at the IFR. Mm-hmm. It's worth that these, the, it's worth what these guys have gone down the road and, and the entry fees and the miles and the, yep. uh, you know, all yep. of that, it's going to be, it's going to pay them to be there this year. And I'm really proud of that. You know, us as personnel, we're getting a raise and, Good. you know, um, I can just, I, you know, I'll just say this for, this will be my 19th IFR and I have secured my buckle every year myself or my whatever I won. And this year, Gary McKinney stepped up and said, you know, we'll do that. Okay. We'll do that for y'all. And okay. that makes me very proud is that we're nice. growing in that direction. You bet. Very proud. Okay. And and for our listeners, you began, you worked your first IFR at IFR number 35, which would have been January of 2005. Wow. Does that, that sound <laughs> right? Yeah, I think so. Yes, sir. <laughs> and so. you've been That's a long time ago, Doug. It's it's. I'm gonna I'm gonna say you're gonna be pressing 20 years here pretty quickly. Uh, this year's 19, as you said. So, yes, well sir. done. And I, that's as a secretary. Now, yes. I also worked the IFR as a timer. I was so gonna say, this, yeah. just as a secretary, this will be my 19th IFR. Oh, that is excellent. Yes, that is absolutely excellent. And when you talk about the money coming. You know, we're seeing bigger payoffs. You get a raise to work the IFR. All the personnel does. Are we seeing that there can be a, a little bit more money for the secretaries at the weekly rodeos and the work that we've just described? Is that starting to inch up a little bit? Well, you know, Doug, I wish I, wish I could say yes, mm-hmm. but no. Okay. Because when... And I know that it's all, you know, I don't know. We have hashed this through until it's unreal. Mm -hmm. But why are you going to pay me what you have to pay to get Dana Gann at your rodeo when you can get Sue to come do it for half of what Dana will do it? Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter what kind of job she's going to do. You know, she worked at the bank. She's Mm going to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. Why, you know, so that's that's the mentality of so many of these stock contractors. And we don't have a pay scale. Yeah. You know, the judges in these in the in these associations, now they have a pay scale. You can't mm-hmm. pay them under so much. Yep. We don't have that. Well. I don't want to be on a pay scale mm-hmm. with most people because mm-hmm. I'm just not going to come work your event if you're yeah. not going to pay me to be there. Right. You yeah. know, I'm not going to do that. And I'm sorry. I wish I could, but I can't because this is what I do for a living. And if it's going to cost me mm-hmm. by the time I pay for all my fuel, I pay for the wear and tear, I mm-hmm. paid for a hotel, I paid to eat mm-hmm. and I paid this. And then when I get home, I have a hundred dollars in my pocket. I'm yeah. not doing it. Yeah. yeah, I'm not leaving my family. You know, I got two granddaughters that are, I miss things that they get to do mm-hmm. now. I, I'm not missing those things anymore for no money. You bet. I'm not going to do bet. it. Well, what was interesting, and I appreciate that, and I, 
this is why this podcast is so important, today's conversation. That's why we went into such detail of what a weekend looks like. Do you realize you're getting six hours of sleep maybe a day during those bigger rodeos? One of the things that Hollywood Harris, he was on the show a week ago, one of the things that he said there was a change in the PBR when Flint Rasmussen showed up. He said no longer was it pay per event or per day or whatever. He he said, I want a net amount when I leave, which means you pay my transportation, you pay my hotel, you pay my food, right? When I leave, though, I want a check of money that, that mm-hmm. I can take to the house. So just putting it out there for the rodeo stock contractors, I think it's time to start to think about there is a difference between somebody that's just starting We talk about calmness in the booth. We talk about major mistakes that can get made very, very easily. So the precision and everything that you bring in your experience, I think, I think you, you, it's not an even scale to your point. First year person doing this versus your experience, been there, done that, and all the lessons you have learned over the years. That's my pitch. Okay. Oh, I agree. I mean, Doug, there's not a weekend that goes by that I don't get phone calls from another secretary yeah. that I help her. You bet. Or I don't get a phone call from a contestant saying, hey, Dana, this I went out, just went out and got my money, and I don't think this is right. Can you, you know, and I'm always like, please don't tell them you talk to me. Just right. go up and say, hey, look, yeah. maybe, you know, this or that. But it's every weekend deal. And any secretary, any time, I will help them. Mm-hmm. Believe me, mm-hmm. I had to call my phone a friend this weekend at Newberry, Florida, and say, I need help. Oh, because wow. Oh, wow. the, you know, Procom had made a little, little bit of a glitch, and it was nothing that we did, couldn't fix. But I was having problems, and I couldn't get a hold of anybody. So Eva Chadwick, I'm calling. Eva, I need help. Okay. So we all call those people, and we need them. But we need to appreciate how much we're paying them and not are not paying them. You bet. And that's you bet. one of the downfalls. Uh, that's one of the hard things about the IPRA is most people, you have that mentality like, okay, I'm going to work an IPRA rodeo this weekend and this is how much I'm going to make. But then I'm going to work the very next day. I'm going to go right here and I'm going to work a PRCA rodeo and I'm going to get paid more. Yep. yep. The funny men, the bullfighters, the announcers, they all are Absolutely. in the same boat. You bet. You bet. And my son is a, you know, he is a funny man that is, is making that much, but you know, it's sad Mm -hmm. and I know what he makes, but when him and I get in a truck together Mm -hmm. and we go to a rodeo, Mm -hmm. he's going to make almost three times more than I make at that rodeo. And I've worked days before and days after. You bet. You bet. No, to our stock contractors. You bet. That's very sad. It's time for reform here. It's time for a change. uh, and I had a stock contractor call me and ask me, he's like, oh, my God, I can't do that. I, I pay my funny man and my announcer too much. I said, well, you picked your priorities. I'm sorry. Right, you know, right. I'm not coming for less than that. But that's what he said to me. Oh, my gosh, I pay my announcer, my funny man too much to pay you that. Yep. Yep. Priorities. Balance. I'm sorry. I can't yep. come do it. Balance it out. Absolutely. And I know here I am talking to an announcer and my son <laughs> is a funny man. And, yeah. and I get all that. And I know you have a lot of equipment. And you have all of that in there. Mm-hmm. But I have a lot. I mean, I sat on the announcer stand at Newberry, Florida this weekend with a $2,000 computer getting wet. Right, right, right. And, you know, with towels and everything else over yep. trying to get it, keep it dry. So I have equipment, too. Yep. I have, you know, all that stuff, too. So 
it's hard on us. You bet. It's hard on I us. Bet. And as an announcer, I'll tell you, without a secretary, there is no show. Who am I going to talk about? Right? Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, this is something else since me and you're talking and we're yeah. talking about all this. Yeah. Let's talk about the timers. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The two timers have every contestant there at a click of their finger. Yep. They have, hold the fate of every contestant at that rodeo at a click of their finger. Yep. And most of them contestants can't even tell you who the timers are at the rodeo. You bet. You bet. Or could give a toot who they are. Yep. And them two timers get the least recognition and the least pay yeah. of anybody at that rodeo. And they hold every contestant's fate at the click of their finger. You bet. You bet. Well said. That's sad, Doug. I know. That is sad. I know. That we are, that, you know, I mean, I just think that is just so sad. Yeah. Like, you know, they have to beg for money because anybody, I don't know, it just is a sore spot with me that, you know, they don't get recognized anymore than they are. And, you know, a lot in most rodeos, I'm one of those girls, mm-hmm. but at least I'm making more than the person that's with me because I'm actually secretary in two, but I'm getting paid a secretary. pay. I'm not getting paid a secretary timer pay. That's right. You know what I mean? That's right. Nope. Nope. Exactly. Well, I, I think it's great. We put it out there and uh, let's see who listens and maybe we can change a perspective or two here. Okay. And I know the money is getting bigger for, for the contract acts and that sort of thing. I know. And I'm encouraged. This is, this is, this is where I am. I'm encouraged that the lazy and, and, uh, rodeo logistics and everybody's coming in more money, WCRA. And I'm really tickled to hear that there's raises for the personnel, yourself included at the IFR this year about time. Yes, sir. About ten. Yes, sir. All right. I mean, I we we've all worked the IFR for less money than we got paid for any rodeo all year long. You bet. But it's an honor to work it. You bet. Do not. You know, and that's one thing. Like the APRA, the AFR, the APRA finals up there in you know in Mm -hmm. the Northeast, Mm -hmm. those contestants vote on me to be there. Yep. I will almost go do that rodeo for nothing because the contestants voted for me to be there. And that means the absolute world to me. You bet. World to me that those contestants voted for me to come secretary their rodeo. You bet. So. You bet. And, you know, we, we talk about these contestants been going up and down the road a long time. One of the other places where you spend a ton of time, Dana, is Shawnee, Oklahoma. IFYR. Started 30 years ago. I think you've secretaried that all but a couple years of that 30-year run. Talk a little bit about it. That's got a big payoff, 250,000, about 800 contestants. What's that that week look like? Oh, Lordy. Um, (laughs) It is a very, very busy week. We start the check-in at 8 o'clock. Friday morning, the week, you know, the weekend, the few days before it starts on Sunday, we start check-in and we roll all them kids through there and used to, with Carissa and I, well, at first it was me and Karen Efron and then, it, then uh, Carissa Stewart replaced Karen and there was years and years there that we did not lay down between Friday morning and until Sunday night mm-hmm. because we had we had 24-hour check-ins and we we checked all them kids in and they rolled through and you've never seen such 
great parenting and the worst parenting in your life. Mm -hmm. But you see all that and you see all of those kids that, I mean, I can sit here and, you know, tell you the Clayton Bigelows and and the, mm -hmm. the Stetson Wright and all of these kids that came through there that you, you just look at and you know uh, he's going to be a world champion or she's going to be a world champion or, you know, all those kids that you've seen. But it is it's a fire drill for, a you know, a, a week there in Shawnee, Oklahoma. And it is probably one of the most my most pride filled rodeos. OK, OK. I, mean, I used to do it in an Excel spreadsheet. It, Lee Woodside wrote us a program several years ago, which made our lives much easier for Chris and I, and mm -hmm. that's rolled in there. And, uh, you know, next gen's getting involved now and, but it is, oh my gosh, what a week for kids. And yeah. it's a family thing for me. Yeah. You know, we have went from Rob being a contestant there to being a stock contractor there. We have furnished all the time to vent cattle there. Oh, wow. We have had bucking horses, bucking bulls. Rob fought bulls for, I think, 13 years there. Oh, wow. Okay. And now he, since then, he's been, you know, even when he was fighting bulls, he was an acting arena director and stuff. Now he is a judge in one of the arenas. Oh, wow. And stuff because he is, Rob's a senior pro judge in IPRA and stuff but it's in all my granddaughters have grown up there running around there and it is just a it's a it's a week that is very um close to my heart because of the family and the you know the all the martins you know when yeah. you, you the and if you know what i mean by then the steer wrestlers out of louisiana okay. all of those okay. all of their kids and their yeah you know, it's just so much that you just can't ever go and get back. I mean, yeah. it's just the memories there at Shawnee oh, and the, what that, you know, uh, what the people, the it's volunteer. I mean, you know, 500 something volunteers mm -hmm. that work their butts off yeah. to put that on. And it is just an amazing event. Okay. Yeah. And I know you've done it 28. 30 years, whatever it's been, uh, you're going back yeah, again in July. You're going back in July. Uh, well, I hope so. <laughs> hope so. <laughs> I don't know yet. Don't, I hadn't signed a contract, but well, I, I do. Assume I probably will. Yes, sir. Yeah. Ever since we worked together in 2010 and, and later, I remember you did Benton and then you scooted out. You headed, you headed to Shawnee. Right. And that's one thing. See Benton and Ellicottville, the way yeah. they fall with the 4th of July, some years I could be at Benton mm -hmm. and I wasn't at Ellicottville. And then some year, the last few years I've been at Ellicottville and not been able to go to Benton. Oh, okay. But it always, the way, however, Shawnee fell determined which rodeo I was going to get to be at. I see. You I know, see. Okay. because of the way Shawnee fell on the, you know, over yeah. the 4th of July yeah. type situation. All right. Um, two, two subjects left, Dana. Uh, okay. if that's okay. Um, yeah. one subject is our listeners love travel stories, life on the road. Oh. Yeah. Got anything that stands out? Well, I, I mean, I have some adventures I'm telling you, it has been <laughs> uh, one of my favorite and we just talked about it at the AFR and stuff like this, but, um, we used to do the, had a PRCA rodeo at Wantage, New Jersey. And Wantage is just across the line from New York. And Doc, that had Malibu Dude Ranch, 
always was gracious enough to let me stay in one of the cabins at the Malibu Dude Ranch. Mm. And this, I want to say, was the first year that Sherry Sumner, my best friend from Oklahoma, me and her went together. And uh, she, um, when what Doc would do is he would have them, because I would be rolling in there late that Mm -hmm. night. Mm Mm-hmm because I drove all day and he would have them put a key and tell me where, what cabin I was standing. You know, they were all named after States, California Texas, and Arizona, the cabins were. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I go to the drive to the lodge and it kind of, the lodge kind of looks like if you've ever watched uh, dirty dancing and you know, mm. you see the big lodge sitting up there and that's kind of what it looked like. You drive up to the back of the lodge and you go in there and I get my key and it's dark, you know, there's night lights out and stuff, and it's dark, and I get my key, and when I get in the car, and I drive to the cabin, and I've got the headlights on the cabin, and I tell Sherry, I said, Sherry, you stay in the car, and I'll go turn on the lights, and then we can see. Well, what most people don't know about Sherry, if you've never met her, Sherry is deaf, and she functions very well, and she does wear hearing aids, but she has to know you're talking to her to hear her. For her to hear you, for her to know. Mm -hmm. So I go and I unlock and I turn on the porch light. And when I turn back around, and I could smell this horrible smell when I got out of the car. Hmm. I thought, I wonder what that is, you know? (laughs) know? And I walked, and when I turned around, I could see her. (laughs) Oh, Here's this bear. Oh, the bear. You saw a bear. A bear. Oh, my. A bear. Oh, my. And she's. Like way off in the distance, there's a nightlight. So that nightlight is, she's kind of in, you can see her. And so I'm like, Sherry, stay in the car. Right. Stay in the car. Right. There's a bear. Well, Sherry don't hear me. She's getting out of that car. She's oh, getting out of the car. Oh, and I'm no. like, oh my God. What am I going to do? So I take off and I'm running to the car because I thought, <laughs> if we're going to get it by a bear, we're both going to get it. Here we go. So I'm like, she gets out. Well, she pops the trunk on my car. And I'm like, Sherry, there's a bear. And she's like, a what? I said, there's a bear. And we look, and here's this bear. And I meant, she has one cub. She has a cub with her. And you can see her, but she, you can, I mean, she's like hissing at her, you know, her, her, her and at us. And yeah, yeah. So, so Sherry says, oh, my God, what are we going to do? And I was like, I don't know. She says, we can't get in the car. And I'm like, why? Well, I had just bought my, a brand new car the day before. Oh. And. She's like, it's brand new. And I'm like, it's got insurance on it. But we're still standing at the trunk of this car right, right. and looking at this bear. And she's fussing at us because she has a baby. Oh, wow. Well, okay. all of a sudden, we're standing there watching her. And she goes over. She walks back out of the light. So you can't see her anymore. Out of that shadow that's shining way back there from that nightlight. Yeah. And you can't see her. Well, here she comes again. She's got oh. two cubs. Oh. So she has two cubs. And she's looking at us. And she's kind of trying to she's kind of going on all of a sudden off out here to the right to my right where i'm standing at the trunk i hear this horrible screaming you know and i said there's another cub (laughs) sure he is like oh my god (laughs) you know what are we gonna do well the i mean she is she's whooping on these cubs and she's fussing at them (laughs) because they are not minding their mother yeah so she goes and here she gets the third cub and then they walk across out to the left out of our uh, sight. We can't see me. Well, that's the smell I smelled when I got out of the car was her, this bear. Okay. Okay. So Sherry and I slam the trunk and we go to the cabin, get yeah. in the cabin. Yeah. Yeah. 
what? And then we just both start cracking up laughing. I mean, here we have encountered this bear. I mean, this bear was like, she could have been on us in a second because she was that close. And so anyway, the next day, well, I, call, I, I let Rob know that we're at the ranch, but we almost got it by a bear. And yeah. he is sending us um, Snapchat about, or I think it, I don't even know back then what it was. Something he's sending us about my mom and Sherry getting hit by a bear and we're <laughs> cracking up laughing and we laugh all the next day when we get to the rodeo and we tell Sam yeah. and Dave Waltz that we encountered this bear. They didn't think it was funny at all. Right. They were like, here we were laughing about it and they're like, this is not funny. Do you know how close you come to dine with a mother bear right. with her cut? With, we're like, yeah. oh, well, we didn't. So anyway, <laughs> well then and what really gets me, Doug, about yeah. the whole story is the rodeos when when montage is over sherry and i drive and we drive all night yeah trying to get back home because we've got to be someplace and we're going through dixon tennessee and it's probably i don't know it is just broke daylight good and so we're both pretty stupid yeah. because yeah. Sherry's an excellent traveling partner i mean but she's not you know, I'm the driver, yeah. you know, yeah. but she'll stay awake and help you. Okay. So we're pretty stupid at this point. We, we pull into McDonald's and we order our food and this little bird lands on the front of the car, <laughs> on the hood of the car. Yeah. And it's hopping around there and I'm, dig, I'm digging through the console and trying to get this and that. And Sherry says, roll up the window. <laughs> and I ignore her. I'm still doing whatever yeah. thing. And Sherry, a little bit louder, she says, roll up the window. Yeah. Well, the little bird hops on my side mirror. Okay. On the driver's side okay. of the car. Okay. And all of a sudden, Doug, she screams at me, roll the effing window up. <laughs> and if you know Sherry, yeah. you know that word is not in her vocabulary. Yeah. <laughs> and so I look at her and I start cracking up laughing. I'm laughing. And Doug, she is, she's, and she points her finger in my face. She's like, I'd rather that bear be in this car than that bird. <laughs> well, I'm laughing at her so hard yeah. to get our food. And Sherry's the type of co-pilot that, you know, she puts your straw in your drink and she okay. rolls your okay. paper down and hands nice. it to you. Nice. Oh, no, 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 no. no. I am on my own. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I don't know, we get over there around lensville or someplace like that and i said we had a little we needed to get out yeah and i said sure you want to go by loretta lynn's ranch yeah she kind of looks at me she said that'll be fine so finally it took i don't know how many miles for her to even talk to me but i thought here we've had this encounter with this bear yeah and then this daggum bird has scared her absolutely to death yeah but she was scared to death that bird. That's, wow. I guess, one of my funniest stories okay. of traveling. But I've had some, I've had some pretty dandy ones. Believe well, me, over the years. I, but that's, that's that's one of the best ones I think we have heard of all the stories. You know, so I, mean, I, I appreciate that, and our listeners. I don't enjoy like. That. I said, I don't know if it's right there with Dale having to turn around and drive back I, uh, that, miles to get horses, but that, yeah, that was, one, that one was, was interesting. interesting. Yeah, it is pretty yeah. interesting, and and wow. separating Mama from her third cub. Yeah, I think Sam and Dave Waltz were were pretty much spot on. You were in a kind they of dangerous spot there. Me and Sherry, they were, and we didn't. <laughs> we're like, you know, we have bears in Arkansas, but okay. not okay. like up there. Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. know. I've seen many of up there okay and you know especially in pennsylvania over there around where i stay you know i stay with 
uh, Stumpy and or Wade and Renee Hazlett. Yeah. When I they're yeah. my I call them my Pennsylvania children, and I stay there. And I've seen several bears. Okay. Just around their house yeah. that I didn't get, you know, yeah. and yeah. I wasn't, you know, yeah, ten fifteen feet from them. So. Yeah. Yeah. And and I wasn't a car length from them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I hear that. And close enough you could smell her. That's that's oh, pretty I close. Mean, yeah. She smelled horrible, and yeah. I was like, oh. And yeah. I did remember, well, the next morning when we, when it was daylight there, the trash can that they have sitting out there was turned over. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say that we probably disrupted her yeah. turning over that trash sure. can, Sure. which, but I didn't, when I got, I mean, I just bailed out of the car and zipped up there. Well, <laughs> I probably walked right past her yeah. walking up there, but I smelt her horribly, but I did not right. hear her or see her until I turned around. And I saw that that light that was shining way off out there. You could see her in the shadow, and then I could hear her. Yep. And I was trying to get Sherry to stay in the car, and she didn't. And okay, you know, okay, was... okay. That's a great story. And and <laughs> the last subject I want to talk about before we end our conversation, the words you used a lot through all of this has been family. Oh yeah. So family on the road, whether it's cow camp or in Pennsylvania with the hazlets or family feeling at a particular rodeo, um, you've used that word a lot. First start maybe with talking a little bit about your immediate family, your, your, your son, daughter-in-law, and, and grandchildren. Yes. I have uh, Rob, which is my son, mm-hmm. and then Kim. Is his wife, and they have a beautiful family. Uh, Rob has a 17-year-old daughter. Oh, wow. Okay. That, um, yeah, she lives about two and a half hours away from us. And then Caroline is the youngest. She's 11, and she lives here. They li- We all live on the same farm mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. in Arkansas. But they are my everything, mm-hmm. my whole reason for mm-hmm. being. I cannot tell you what they mean to me. Mm-hmm. Both of the girls are involved in rodeo. Oh, they, they are? have okay. been from day one. If you watch Rob's page very much, you'll see Caroline and a lot of his acts. Oh, okay. she loves the entertaining part of it. She and then Lainey is oh my gosh, that girl. She runs, but she has you know she runs barrels and stuff. But last year at the IFR. She asked, told her dad that she really wanted to be homeschooled, and he was like, right, he is very high on education. He has an ag ed degree. Mm-hmm. You're going to get an education mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Well, in the schools now, I don't know, they had a furry in their school, and got, she goes to a little bit country school up in northeast uh, Arkansas, but they had a furry, and she's tired of all that and mm-hmm. stuff. And mm-hmm. so he said, okay, Lainey, I'll agree to it, but if your grades ever fall, you know, you got to go back, you're going back into school school and stuff well her being homeschooled because she is she works three jobs oh, she's wow. finishing her high school degree right now with homeschooling she's got almost her first whole year of college under her belt she is a cna she works many shifts at the nursing home and then she is a lifeguard at the pool and she's still running barrels and rodeoing oh wow so I, she is very motivated and i can't tell you how proud i am of her um, absolutely beautiful. Her and Caroline have been together. They're coming here today. That's how come we're having our Thanksgiving tonight. Oh, okay. Okay. And I'm leaving. I fly out at six something in the morning to go to Bandera, Texas. And then she is, uh, Rob and them are going to Kim's, uh, grandmother's. So 
anyway, we're just kind of kind of all be split up. So we're having Thanksgiving tonight, but they are my everything. Okay. And then my sister and I have been uh, Vanessa. Mm-hmm. I've spoke about her several times. Mm-hmm. It's been me and her for mm-hmm. most of our lives. And we've had some rough rows to hoe and we've hoed them and we've got through it. And mm-hmm. she is uh, very, very important to me. And uh, we've got each other's backs and that's important to me but yeah. that's kind of my family good you know and good. then all of my rodeo kids all of my rodeo i have raised n- several boys <laughs> um yeah. here at you know yeah. at my house yeah. yeah and um you were always welcome mm-hmm. that was one of the things you had to stay in school and get an education mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you had to take care of stuff and it's been i've raised some good boys yeah well, that's some excellent. good boys Excellent. Yeah. Giving back to the rodeo community and family. Yes, family stands out in, in everything that you've talked about with us today. So I appreciate that and thank you for that. Is there anything we haven't covered that you would like to? Maybe some advice, just 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 anything. Anything stand out for you here today? Lord, I, I really don't know. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, rodeo is hard. Mm-hmm. It's a hard life. We're gypsies. That's yeah. what we are. It's yeah. hard. And you have to, you know, do it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you want to be a secretary, secretary for the right reasons and do it right. And, you know, I, I, I think that's what so many people are, are getting into rodeo, but they're getting into, you know, they're getting on bulls because they, you know, that's a chick thing and mm-hmm. you'll get that. And, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. these, you know, just so many things that aren't, you know, these little girls that are running barrels, but they're not horsewomen and they don't understand, you know, mm-hmm. the horsemanship that goes in with it and, and stuff. Do it right. Yeah. But yeah. I, I like that. Uh, I like that. Do it right and do it for the right reasons. And, right. you know, right. that's, that's always a great question, you know, when to sit with a young person and say, so why are you doing this? Have you really right. thought this through? And, and what kind of skills or attributes or whatever do you think you need to work on? You know, because right. rodeo is nothing. It's hard. Absolutely. And, and nothing, if not constant learning. And, you know, I heard something the other day that if you're, if you're worried about being embarrassed, you better not rodeo. Oh, no, no, (laughs) do not. Yeah. Because you are kind of, it is a humbling sport. Yes. It is very humbling. And no matter what involvement you are in it, it is very humbling. It is very humbling to be, whether you're an announcer and totally, you know, mess up or whether you're the pickup man and you look like Ned in the first reader or you, you know, you forgot your stopwatch or, you know, (laughs) all of that. It's very humbling. Yeah. Some of the, some of the, speaking of humbling, did you ever, do you ever have nightmares about dreaming about rodeo and the things that go, go ahead, share one. Oh my gosh, every, you know, and it's the rodeos that I've done a thousand times and they're easy, but they get, you know, I dream about, you know, getting to the IFR and I don't even know who the contestants are. I can't (laughs) tell you who's going to, you know, where we're going. I don't have any of the judges sheets ready. I, you know, I don't even have a pencil or a pen and, you know, I, I don't have clothes to wear so that should be on the announcer stand at the IFR. I have yeah. all those strings. Yeah. All yeah. of those strings. Yeah. Yes. Oh, boy. Yes. I've had a few Every, of those. And then I'll, it'll be yeah. the little bitty. Yep. 
little podunk rodeo in the backyard and i made yeah. dream that i didn't even i didn't even know i was a secretary gosh and here i showed up yeah. and i don't have nothing yeah you know? yeah no i'm i'm glad to hear it wasn't just me having those dreams oh. you know the dream no. of showing up and not oh you needed me to bring sound <laughs> Yeah, right. oh my, I didn't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah you do, and yeah, then there's sometimes when that dream becomes a reality. Oh, don't say that. Don't say that. Don't oh, say that. Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Dana, we have enjoyed this conversation today. I, I am so thankful for you coming on here, and uh, really appreciate your time and the sharing. Oh, I do. I mean, you know, like I said, I have those stock contractors that, you know, the Sam Swearingen's, mm -hmm. the Stuart Pletcher's, yeah, you yeah. know, those guys that mean the absolute world to me. I'll never be able to, you know, the Chalk Donaldson, the Faye and Orville Donaldson. Yeah. I mean, I could go back and tell you a story about my very first radio I ever did with Faye and Orville, but it's <laughs> like I wanted my mama when yeah. it was over, yeah. you know. Yeah. But yeah, those little yeah. things that I cannot tell you what them people mean to me and how much, you know, I owe it all to them. You bet. You bet. I owe it all to them. Well, this has been a hoot, and I'm glad that you've come on. And um, I'm going to put, I think, you know, we put cover art up on the podcast, and it's all right with you. I'd like to put up that picture of us there in Benton, 2010. Absolutely. That would have been your first year coming north, and uh, just a great picture up on my wall. Yes, sir. All right. Well, enjoy your day. I know you got Thanksgiving tonight, so be safe. Okay. Take care of the family. Thank you, Doug. You All too. Right. You have a blessed Thanksgiving. Thank you. I will. Be safe. You bet. Thank okay. You. Mm -hmm. Miss you. Miss you too. Miss you too. All right. We hope that you enjoy our conversations as much as we enjoy having them. You can find us on the major podcast platforms, and we need your help. Rate us. Review us. It helps us grow and improve our programming. And we invite you to check out our Beyond the Shoots Facebook page, BTC Beyond the Shoots, and our webpage, beyondtheshoots.show. And we'd like to thank, thank you to Parasite Systems for their support with our podcast. Now, my daughter Kathleen has tested four of her horses, and the results are in, and the findings have been very informative. You have heard of the high shedder horses. Well, she has too. Based on the Parasite System findings, she is on her way to better treatment to secure the, the health of her horses. Now, I encourage you to get your test kits on order. You can do that by going to ParasiteSystems.com. And we have a coupon that they've offered up, ETC023, for 50% off your test kits. And this is Beyond the Shoots on this great day with Dan again. Until next time, Doug Simcox, thank you for listening.